my entrance into the agent world is a lot different from, you know, many of, <laughs> I'd probably say a majority of the football agents. I grew up on the inner city streets of Queens, New York. And so over there, everybody was playing basketball or, you know, another sport. I came in more so on the marketing side. And because I came in on the marketing side, that kind of gives me the one leg up versus a lot of other agents that'll tell you they do marketing, but they have no clue. At the end of the day, I work for the player. The player doesn't work for me. And I always try to do my best to find a common ground where the club will be happy and the player will be happy. And if that partnership is successful, my job is done. Welcome to Footy Fellows. Welcome to Footy Fellows, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer. We're going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at Footy Fellows Pod and TikTok at Footy Fellows Pod and YouTube a subscribe at Footy Fellows Pod. That voice you heard to kick off the pod was none other than Maggie Intim, an experienced soccer agent with a strong background in marketing. She is putting her industry knowledge, experience, and connections to use at her own company, Trinity 3 Agency, providing services like soccer agent representation, sponsorship consulting, and public relations, and has worked with clients in the NWSL, EPL, USL Championship, MLS, and Bundesliga. So she was nice enough to come and chat with us. Really, really interesting about how she approaches the agent world, negotiations, leagues around the globe, and being an entrepreneur and founding her own business. So definitely want to stick around for that chat. Wouldn't wouldn't you say, gents? You betcha. I think we all learned a little bit something. I think we we learned something and we also were genuinely inspired by her her perspective on what it's like to, to be an entrepreneur. Absolutely, Maggie has a passion for what she does, and it absolutely comes out in our interview. So I encourage everyone to take a listen. Before we get into that and the real life of being an agent, I want to know from from you two, fake agents, I would say, would, do you think you'd actually be a decent agent, decent soccer, football agent of a real professional player? I see. I'll, you, I'll th- throw it your way first. Um, I think I'd be... I'd be subpar. Uh, and it's mostly because I don't really love to argue and like really get in people's faces. And I feel like <laughs> uh, agents kind of have to go going hard for their players when it comes to negotiations. And that's just not how I roll. So I think I'd be subpar, but I would like building, I think I'd be pretty good at uh, building some good friendships and relationships with players, which would be fun. I love that. Just the friendly agent. I, I think of um, the BFA, the, the big BF. friendly agent, <laughs> uh, the big IC agent, BIA next to the CIA. Um, I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I agree. It, it feels like a, to be a good agent uh, is, is to be of a certain uh, cut of a cloth. And um, uh, I think of um, HBO show um, Entourage, where, you know, the main one of the main guys is, you know, nuts and 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 you know we'll we'll run through a wall we'll you know, nothing he'll, he'll sink super low he'll do whatever he needs to do maggie fortunately doesn't seem to have that kind of um um 
you know, uh, lack of morals, but she absolutely has a work ethic that you can just feel, um, and, uh, and just a willingness to, to grind and advocate, um, beyond, you know, her own physical means. And it's, um, admirable and something that I, yeah, I just don't think day in and day out could necessarily keep up with, but, um, you know, would, would love to be like, I see near it, be a friendly guy. If we had to convert this pod into either an agency, a soccer footy agency, or a law firm, which you think we would fare better at? Uh, yeah, let's get your take. The fops are, are waiting and wanting to listen. I think we'd be great opinion. at both. I think you're both struggling to decide because we basically do that already. Hmm. We're basically legal representation for our fops. <laughs> right. If needed, they know they could reach out to us. Right. And if any professional players that we chat with are looking for an agent, if you go to Maggie and she can't take you on because she's too busy with so many great clients already, you'd probably come to us next. It's a no brainer. So I think we kind of do both. It was a trick question. Uh, there is also, it's also, it's a great comparison because I think most, well, it feels again, have no glimpse, but from what it sounds like in the agent sphere is that uh, lawyers are very much one and the same as, as, as agents these days drafting contracts. I mean, I mean, having a knowledge of contract law. True. Um, it goes a long way. I, uh, I, I think we're probably closer to agents though, end of the day, largely because we don't have a law degree or have even started law in any capacity. And that feels like a much, uh, or even, or even abide by the law. No, as a I matter mean, of fact, I mean, come on, that's what makes us even closer to agents, right? Like, <laughs> we, What's we, a red light? <laughs> I, I jaywalk every day. That's and funny enough, that's also Icy's pitch to clients, potential players, to show them how crazy he is. He goes, shakes their hand, and goes, "What's a red light? I'm Icy. <laughs> I'll get you any deal you need, any deal you, you want. If you don't mind me breaking the law, then we're in. We're partners." <laughs> <laughs> if you could one one more real question before we get into the interview, say you're an agent, Icy, you form those good relationships, you do enough of the negotiating, Jones, you uh, you know, much of the same. Who is your ideal client? Who is a client that you would actually enjoy working with that you think you'd make a good partnership? Any professional player, men's or women's game, take a second to think and uh, and lay it on me. Yeah, I think it deserves a little more thought on my end, but the first player that jumped to mind who is my favorite player right now is uh, Sadio Mane. You know, I just love how his work ethic, uh, I think he'd be really great uh, an easy player to sell to teams, uh, and I think he'd be a good time. I think he'd just be a good, a good, a good person to get to know better. If you were his agent, would you keep him at Liverpool? Ooh. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. There was a quick hesitation. I'm just going to space that out in the edit, so it was like <laughs> 10 seconds you had to think about it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I too, I, I don't want to go down the easy, like, you know, it, it's, I would imagine it's easier to rep someone like Amane or I was going to go the Rashford route than it is to, you know, a person who doesn't have the, the world renowned state. Luke Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Shaw. No, uh, you know, tell, you tell you what, Phil Jones. All right. Phil Jones. Is Harry Maguire. Uh, Harry Maguire. <laughs> all of, if you have, you have a big name, I mean, it's easy to sell you to a certain extent. Um, it's the, it's the PR that comes with it too. But, but nonetheless, I, I guess my, I would want to, my ideal person I imagine is someone who'd be friendly and gregarious and um, shares a lot of the same personality traits that, that perhaps we, we share. Um, otherwise, yeah, Rashford's feels like a no brainer. Good guy. 
um, good heart um, would make me a better person too. It's a good take. His off the field work there is not only easy to market from the agent's perspective, but would just be a joy to to work with because mm-hmm. he seems to genuinely be be big on that. Yeah. What what off the field? What off the field work are you talking about? <laughs> I think I'd lo- I'd love to be the agent of a player like Brendan Aronson. Okay. An up and comer. I like that, especially from the U.S. More familiar. Hundred percent. You know, I could right not right now, but I could fly to Philly. Whereas flying overseas would be like, ooh, you know what? I'm a little out of my element. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I could fly there to work with him and then marketing him to overseas teams, obviously he does have a deal in place. Young up and comer, you know, same thing you said, Jones, we could get along, we could joke around, we could like go on walks on the beach together, play FIFA together, uh-huh. you know, even even kick a ball around once or twice. Right. right, maybe move in together at that point. Yeah, that's that'd be ideal. Just cook for each other. Yeah. Okay. Just get to know each other. Really get to understand what makes what inspires each other. You know, what holds each other back from doing more and, and how can you help one another to grow, to be a better person. Are we still talking about the agent thing or is it's, it's a it's a now? professional marriage. I mean that's what agents agents and their clients and their players just really you're gonna have to. you're gonna have disagreements and that's okay. That's really okay. End of the day is when you're together and times are hard, uh, do you back each other up and I think that's really important between you and Brendan. For a real take on being an agent, negotiations, her path to becoming an agent and running an actual agency, we're going to head into our interview with Maggie. Enjoy. Footy Fellas is excited to welcome Maggie and Tim to the episode today. Maggie is an experienced marketing and sports agent professional with a passion for connecting the dots between music, sports, events, technology, and brands. Having worked with Universal Music Group, Coca-Cola, Viacom, Madison Square Garden, Jordan Brand, and G-Unit Records, she is putting her industry knowledge, experience, and connections to use at her very own company, Trinity 3 Agency, providing services like soccer agent representation, sponsorship consulting, and public relations. She has worked with clients in the NWSL, EPL, USL, Championship, MLS, and Bundesliga leagues. In addition, Maggie is an advisory board member of the Women in Soccer organization and co-hosts a podcast called The Inside Agents. Welcome to the podcast, Maggie. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm I'm excited uh, to be here and I'm just grateful and I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Yeah, it is great to have you here. And we wanted to just kick it off right away. So as an agent, are you allowed to pick sides? Do you have a favorite soccer team? Ooh, you know, um, I don't really have a favorite, but if I had to choose, I mean, I think it, it's really going to boil down to FC Barcelona or Real Madrid. I mean, you know, like those are obviously like the greats. Um, but as an agent, yeah, you, you can have, you know, a favorite team that may not represent any of your players, but you can't have a favorite team. I mean, and and if you can't, you know, with me, you can't tell me no, that I can't be a fan of Barcelona. I can't be a fan of Real Madrid. or I can't be a fan of Chelsea or Arsenal, you know? So, yeah. Okay. A couple, a couple heavyweights as your favorites. Um, I do have to ask, it kind of begs the question, do you like them because of their style of play or is it more of the back end of their 
team organization that you like from an agent perspective? Do you like how they treat uh, sort of the administrative employees? That's a very good question. And I'm going to say kudos to you guys on that one, because I've done several interviews and I've never heard that. No one has ever asked me if I like the team because of the administration. So kudos to you guys on that. That's a really good question. Um, I, I think for me, it's, I mean, with Barcelona and Real Madrid, for example, if we're talking about those two teams in particular, those two clubs, I'm, I've never represented a player that plays for, you know, for, for either club. Um, but I know folks within the administration. And, and I will say it's a mixture of that. It's obviously a mixture of the history um, of the club. And, you know, obviously whether it was winning championships to just obviously what they've done around players like, you know, Messi and, you know, some of these other um, talented players that have played for the organization. So I think it's, it's more so um, the playing style. I like that a lot. I, I really like the administration in terms of how they, you know, build their team and, put things together and built the brand. So yeah, you could say it's a mixture of all those things wrapped in one. And That's, I hope uh, to one day have a player that plays for you, for either, either club. We, we do too. We do too. And, and when that happens, please don't forget about us. We, we, love, we love the inside scoop. Of course not. Of course not. Of course now, not. <laughs> now what we could, what we could use is a little understanding of how you might land a gig in such a role where you are working with the Real or Barca. And, and for that, we need to understand how you would differentiate yourself from other agents um, and take as long as you want or as short as you want. But how, how would you separate who you are and how you differentiate yourself from others? Absolutely. Well, you know, kind of like you said, even with my bio, my, my, my entrance into the agent world is a lot different from, you know, many of I probably say a majority of the football agents, football soccer agents is very different. Um, I didn't play professionally. I played recreationally, like kicking a ball around and it wasn't even a soccer ball. It was a basketball. You know, I, I, I grew up on the inner city streets of Queens, New York. And so over there, everybody was playing basketball or, you know, another sport. And so for me, um, soccer was like that second sport after basketball. And when I knew I wanted to be an agent, my biggest thing was making sure I had the right tools and the right resources to get there. And which is also why it took, you know, quite a while for me to enter into that space. Um, but I, I'm a firm believer in trusting timing. Timing is everything. And then also trusting the process. And so I came in more so on the marketing side. And because I came in on the marketing side, that kind of gives me the one leg up versus a lot of other agents that will tell you they do marketing, but they have no clue which is why they either end up partnering with a marketing agency or their agency would just say, hey, we do marketing. And they think, hey, if I get this player, their contract on the field um, and we get them just their boot deal, that's considered as me being an expert marketer when it really isn't. There's a lot more that goes into that. And so that right there gives me um, an advantage. And then also to how I approach clubs and you know, teams. I obviously was blessed to have a great network uh, because I've worked in other sports uh, within, you know what I'm saying, and always been on the marketing side and have worked on the brand side. So because I was with companies like Coca-Cola, we did a lot within the football space. We worked with, you know, organizations like the Premier League. Um, we've done stuff with La Liga. So through that, I was able to build a lot of those relationships. And um, so my approach to things are just very different. 
And I think, you know, when it comes to the agent side, more so possibly looking at that club representing my player, it's, I mean, I can't go into too many details about that process, but it's mainly, it's, it's really in your approach on talking to the club. You know, some agents can demand a lot and say, we want X, Y, Z. And for me, it's more about the best interest of the player. And it's not the best interest of myself, but it's the best interest of the player because at the end of the day, I work for the player. The player doesn't work for me. And I always try to do my best to find a common ground where the club will be happy and the player will be happy. And if that partnership is successful, my job is done because I was able to create a successful partnership between the player and the club and everyone's happy at that point. Well said. And it is really interesting. You come from the marketing perspective and we definitely want to get into your background and obviously your own agency at this point, your company, Trinity three agency. Uh, But sticking with the agent theme first, when you're thinking about marketing these players or even just working with players from a more personal perspective, how important to you is the skill aspect of the player and what they bring on the pitch versus the mindset of the player and what they're bringing to the game off the pitch and your relationship off the pitch? Hmm. All of it is important. Um, you know, on the pitch, it's important that that player is obviously giving their best, uh, you know, because if they're not giving it their best, then it's almost like a waste of my time. I'm just being honest, because then it's like, do you really want this? Because there are others who really want this but they just don't have the resources, you know? Mm -hmm. And if that player wants it enough where they are practicing day in and day out, and and once again, they're trusting the process. I cannot emphasize that enough. Trusting the process is so important. You have some players that started playing maybe when they were about eight years old and their youth ages and have gotten to certain levels and feel like, okay, I should be awarded this. And it's like, you're not going to get what, Messi or Ronaldo or even Ansu Fati has right now because you're just not on that level. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it it's 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 different for mm-hmm. each player, each person. You know, everything is different. When you look at certain players that are playing on the pitch, um, I like to give examples. Like if you take Raheem Sterling for example, and you understand his background and his culture and where he comes from and what he had to endure to get to where he is. Sometimes people will never understand why he plays the way he does on the pitch, or they'll never understand why Paul Pogba plays how he plays, because every person has a different story. It's a different walk of life that they come from. Sometimes you're going to see some of these players coming from Africa, Latin America, and they they play very different from an American-born player because, you know, these are players who are coming from areas where they didn't even have shoes to play. So when they go out there, it's it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing that they're playing with. And that's the kind of attitude that for me, it's important for my players to understand it's all or nothing. You know, you're either going to go and give it your all or you're going to have to go somewhere else because that's how I operate. You have to go out there and give it your best. I never want to hear, oh, I'm trying. I I remove try from my vocabulary, so I don't want to hear that. And when I say give it your best, I'm talking give it your best on the field, and we do what we have to do when you give it your best off the field. And off the field is important 
especially with my company, because I don't sign any player that doesn't have a tie to a charity, for example. You must have a tie to a charity or an organization, you know, whether that's your favorite foundation or if you want to start a foundation to be able to give back. That's a requirement to sign with Trinity Great. And if that player doesn't possess those, those skills where, okay, on the field, you may not be the number one player, but you're doing well in your league or your division. And then off the field, you know, if you don't really have a desire to say, hey, I want to give back, you know, to the youth, the ones that, you know, want to come up and play like me. <laughs> once again, it doesn't work for me. You know, there's plenty of agents that'll say, hey, I'll sign you and get you something on the field and that's it. But for me, it's bigger than that because there's always life after soccer or football. There's always life while you're playing. And you have to always think about those things as well as even business ventures off the field too. It's really powerful. I want you as my my agent. Even so, I'm not even that good of a football <laughs> player, but I feel like inspired now that I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in for the, the charity side. No, that, that is a really important yeah aspect of the uniqueness of each player and what they're bringing Mm -hmm. to the relationship and you recognizing that and understanding that and how you would work with them. And I think we're definitely interested if you can touch on the different leagues you've worked with in your experience across the world and both male and female players, how do they vary? You know, the general question of how do the leagues vary and from your perspective as an agent and also are there leagues that are best for signing talent or that you really enjoy working with to either get players on those clubs or just to watch and and find players and your experience working in all those different leagues around the world? Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a good amount of leagues, but the top one for me, it's probably an obvious, it's going to be the the Premier League in England. Um, You know, EPL is that it's, it's, the top of the top. It's the one that everyone kind of mirrors their, you know, business after, um, or at least for me, <laughs> um, it's, it's where the, you know, the talent, obviously we see the, the top talent, right. Um, where they come from and, and just all the different clubs. So definitely EPL is the one, uh, the English premier league for those that don't know what EPL is. The premier league is my top favorite. Um, on the women's side, you know, it's it's hard to say which league, but obviously the NWSL, maybe because that's the league that I represent like the most women footballers in. Um, I do represent a player in um, England, uh, Ashley Plumtree out of uh, Leicester City. So that's, that's amazing. It's a blessing for me. Um, but, you know, my first woman footballer was Samantha Johnson with uh, Utah Royals, you know, with NWSL. So it's like it's just that league that gets me going and I you know grew up watching it and you know watching all these other leagues and as far as producing talent is concerned if we're talking on the men's side I would have to say Premier League is one of them I really like um the French leagues a lot I really like the French leagues a lot I feel like they do a very good job with development um La Liga you know obviously if we're talking about like Barcelona that's a great one but to me it would have to be Premier League and I definitely have to say Bundesliga does an amazing job with development of talent I mean obviously we see some of the best you know some of the best talent is coming out of there uh one of you know the guys who's obviously like 
hot topic. He's been the hot topic all summer, and I've had the pleasure to do some work with him, uh, Jaden Sancho. Like he, you know, is amazing, and and you see that coming from England, but going to Germany to get that development, and obviously, you know, wanting to make that return back to England, but it's it's probably the best. Um, I always said if in the future, if I have, you know, a son, my son's playing soccer, I'm sending him to Germany at the age of like 11 to get that development. So, uh, sorry, really big Manchester <laughs> United fan here. So I just have to <laughs> see, but triple... I like Manchester United. Uh, and, oh, 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 I like I, Manchester I United. So please, so like please <laughs> tell me when is Sancho coming? <laughs> when is this happening? I, listen, that I can't listen. I'm not his agent. I've done some, you know, marketing, but I, you know, I'm good friends with his agent, but I have not. Yeah. That part. No, that's not my answer. <laughs> you know, that's not my answer. Gotta call up his agent for that. And even then, you still don't get the answer because no one knows. But I think um I think his decision to be where he is is it's perfect, you know. Like I said, it's, it's a great place. The the development that's coming out of there. We obviously saw like the recent deal with uh, Bellingham, and Bellingham was already great when he was, you know, where he was before, but you'll see over time he's gonna get better. So I would say Bundesliga is the league for development. And then I'd probably say like the French league is good too. I like um I like Netherlands as well. I, I really like what they do with like Ajax and uh, PSV in particular, those two clubs. Their academies are, you know, pretty good. But Germany takes the, the icing on that one. And as far as the best league, Premier League for sure. And then as far as US soccer, I think USL has great potential to be that top league it's already the largest league in america but from a development side it has the opportunity if you give it a couple of years and it gets the right investment it can definitely take over it may surpass mls who knows and then on the women's side obviously nwsl you know it's it's also a good league it's a, it's a stepping stone as i like to call it it's a stepping stone for some yeah. of these women yeah, actually, I'm glad you you circled back to NWSL, and I wanted to just just get a quick uh, insight from you as to comparing kind of the NWSL and the WSL, uh, the the Super League over in Europe, and mm-hmm. sort of get your take on. Now, you did you did just say NWSL is a stepping stone. So, in your mind, do you think that the stepping stone it is a stepping stone for going across the ocean to the Super League in Europe? Are the players are are really talented? Because I mean, our national, our women's national team is amazing. It, mm-hmm. It's it's un, we're just a great team, fantastic team, great players, and it seems like a, a fair amount of them are actually going to the Super League. And so I'm curious: are, is the is that league is the Super League just valuing what they bring to the table a bit more than the NWSL, or is it kind of a league? Is is just the money not there in the U.S. as it is? in Europe? Once again, great questions. Um, so I'm going to say it like this. NWSL to me could be a great stepping stone. And this is perfect because it kind of leads into like what we spoke about, you know, when we first got on the call about the upcoming like NWSL draft. A lot of these young women, talented, are trying to figure out, do I make the decision to go pro and go, you know, decide to be drafted into the NWSL or should I just go straight overseas? I always say, hey, because I like the 
NWSL administration, but I also like the system because there's not really a direct pathway for women as there are for men. There are options like academies. You can go to USL, you can go to MLS, you can go overseas. Women don't really have that. So if you go into NWSL, give yourself about a year or two to get some, to build a track record and then take that and be able to go overseas and build an even better track record than yes. And at some point, hopefully that's something that's in the pipeline to create a pathway to do it like that. However, I do believe that the WSL does tend to put a little bit more investment um, into, you know, the league. I mean, let's just be honest. When you're looking at clubs like Manchester, Chelsea, um, Arsenal, and what they're paying for some of these international players, it, it makes you sit back and wonder, right? Like, okay, they do have the funding. And also, too, because they have the support from the male side. I think if NWSL kind of went in that approach where you're looking at, like, well, I would say there's maybe a few teams that does that, like Portland Thorns. You know, they have Portland Timbers to back them up. If there were more teams in the NWSL that had the backing of the men's team, then you can definitely see a huge change and you'd see a lot more growth. Um, but I just feel like, yes, in England, they do put a lot more emphasis on it. They do focus more um, on the investment side of it. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but I feel like over time, NWSL will, because we see the success of U.S. soccer and what that's doing and, and from the women's national team. And so hopefully within the next few years, we will see more funding being invested into NWSL. Yeah, absolutely. That is something that, that the three of us really, really are looking forward to. I think I just think the, the kind of the, the sky's the limit for the NWSL at this stage. Um, we were just talking about the new Louisville expansion team uh, just yes. the other day. So it's exciting to see to see the league expanding and and interest growing. So that's great. So I also wanted to go back to kind of a negotiations piece from an agent perspective and look at what variables drive a player's value uh, from an agent perspective. So from an agent perspective, I mean, the player's value, sometimes depending on who that player is signed to, if that, you know, if that player is signed to one of the big agencies, that says something. However, does it always mean that the player's value is that much higher because they're signed to that agency, right? Like when you look at a lot of the women's national team, most of them are under one agency and share the same agent and then you have some like like rose lavelle for example who's not under you know the one of the top 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 agencies but obviously you see everything that she's doing is amazing she's you know she's getting her values worth um she has a great boot deal um and then i think there's just so many other layers that goes into it because sometimes too it's just the player themselves like their personality and what they're able to do and kind of like what we touched on about off the field, right? You know, you see most of them who have the typical boot deal, but not many of them um, have other brand partners, you know, and, and sometimes it could just be because the agent says they just want to focus on what they're doing on the field versus off the field. And so when it comes to the variables, it's a little bit different. Um, it's, it's hard to say. I can't speak for all the, you know, agents. I can only speak for at least myself and, and you know, the things that I look at 
and what it means to me for that player and, and how they can become even more um, valuable. Sometimes the player, like I said before, they can do great work on the field and can be doing great work off the field. And sometimes off the field will help build their on the field presence too. So it's a lot of different um, layers to that. Totally. We can only imagine how many different things you need to juggle when um, arguing on behalf of a player. Um, and, and the other thing we, we try to imagine and parse through is, um, uh, this is a funny transition, but all the things we try to parse through and understand is what we read in the tabloids. And something we often see, um, largely cited as an impediment to a finalized deal, is the implication of a agent's fee. Um, and largely, uh, this is happening for those big, big players and those big sales across Europe. Um, but I'm curious when you hear or see a, a, a headline like that, uh, are do you nod along or, or do you roll your eyes and think this is ridiculous? Do I nod along to what, like the agent's fee, like that they should be getting X amount for the agent fee or there's an issue because of the agent fee? That it is being framed as uh, being a dramatic issue. It always seems to be um, that's the one thing holding it up. That the agent mm-hmm. is the one, the 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 run thing holding back the the promise, and therefore the agent is the bad guy. So are you are you nodding along and saying that's a proper headline, or no, this is ridiculous? It depends, honestly. It depends because sometimes I could nod along, and sometimes I could. I don't want to say roll my eyes, but sometimes I'm just like I kind of give the emoji like the huh. Like what? <laughs> how did we not figure this out? Like how? Like you know? Because if you remember when I said it, you know, not too long ago in the beginning of this podcast about creating that partnership for the player in the club and finding the common ground. So how could this not get done? You know, I, I you, you know, it, it's so funny we say that because like recently I had a situation like that with, um, not not exactly a situation like that, but a similar situation for one of my clients. And I mean, by far the club was just like super excited because they were like for the first time in a long time this is like the most smoothest transition it wasn't even a back and forth or like holding up it's like you know you guys know what you want we know what we want we want your player you know your offers and terms is reasonable and we found a common ground and we were able to um, negotiate something great and even better than the player has ever had before of course and then um, it wasn't, it wasn't difficult for the club to meet those requests and it just made everything simple and smooth, <laughs> you know? And so to me, I'm like, that's the process, you know, there is a way. So when I hear about stuff like that, like, oh, the agency is holding them up. I'm like, yeah, because sometimes the agents are being greedy, you know, they're being <laughs> greedy. And, and that's what I mean by you got to have your player's best interests at heart. And I think for for certain, and honestly, I can't, once again, I can't speak for all the agents, but I speak for me. When I chose to become an agent, I always tell people, it's it's bigger than the money for me. This is my lifestyle. I live and breathe this. I wake up, I'm reading, you know, all these different things. I'm reading what other agents are doing because you got to, you know, because you obviously got to know the playing field. You got to know your competition. And a lot of times I do have that face where I'm like, huh? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like, what is going on? You know, and then also, too, it's it's because I want to see my player happy, you know. So if if a transaction is not able 
to go through because of me, that's not a good look. Or if it's taking way too long to find a common ground just because of my fee, that's not a good look at all, at all. And what could then happen is it makes your players start to question like, well, man, you know, like what's going on with my agent? Why is my agent taking so long to figure out something that works? And when that, that also happens, that's also where the player starts to kind of have what I like to call wandering eyes, where they start to look in other places because they feel they don't feel 100% comfortable with their agent anymore. It's, be, or it's becoming a problem, especially if the club is going to that player and saying, we want you, we want to get this deal done, but your agent is taking too long. And I've seen instances where that has happened and where, just like that, agents were fired. They were fired because they couldn't get it done. And the player says, the hell with it. I'll represent myself for now until I have time to find another agent. And then you wow. don't get no fee at all, you know? So, so then you just wasted all that time and you don't get compensated for it. So it's, um, it's one of those things where definitely that emoji face where it's like, huh? Yeah, no. I don't know. That that common ground piece feels huge for all the reasons you you just listed yes. at the end there. The collaboration and being on the same page with the with the player, your player, and then also the other team. And the more you can be in harmony there, the more deals you can get done and players you can work with and want to work with. And it's a good good way of approaching it. And and want to get into that business side of things because you are an entrepreneur and you do have this company, Trinity Three Agency. For all of our yeah. listeners, it's described as a creative intelligence agency, which Max and I sitting here in Chicago find especially interesting because we happen to work in the advertising world and thinking about, you know, brand positioning and uh, creative intelligence and insights and all the, the key words, buzzwords going around today, they mean something and we, we hear them a lot. So we're curious from you and, and also to give some background to our listeners, how did you land on that brand positioning, the creative intelligence agency? I'm a jackie of all trades. Um, and I say that because obviously, like you said, you know, this agency en encompasses so many things from soccer, you know, or football, depending on where we are in the world, um, you know, athlete representation, coach, I represent coaches as well. And then there's a huge marketing side where it's the sponsorship and partnership consultation. And that's everything from you know, creating the different type of partnerships, creating the campaigns, creating the pitches, pitching the companies, closing the deals, carrying out and executing the activation plans, managing the accounts. It's all of that wrapped in one. Then there's the event side where it's planning events, producing events, curating events. So it's all of those things. And then there's the charity and the and the foundation component where it's taking the players that either have a charity that they want to work with. So it's reaching out to that charity, creating, you know, that partnership and that relationship, or it's starting a charity from the ground up and building that and managing that all the way through. In addition to making sure that all players and all clients are taken care of, you know, and so when you talk about brand positioning and you know, strategies where we're constantly thinking of different strategies. And it's a small, small, small team. But when we said creative intelligence, that was like the perfect 
way to describe the company because it it's we don't just do one thing. You know, we have our hands in a little bit of everything. Yeah, pairing the marketing piece that you you spoke with, working with Jaden Sancho and obviously a ton of others, but pairing that with your agent expertise and the the team you have there feels like a strong, uh, a winning proposition for for players that are coming in, which is awesome. Absolutely. Listen, listen, we're coming to Chicago too. So, <laughs> Chicago is like a place I've always admired and loved, and I'm like, man, I have to, you know, spend more time there. And and Chicago is great for so many reasons because there's the branding side that we do, there's the event side, there's, you know, obviously our relationships with like Jordan Brand and a lot of those companies. Um, and then also on the soccer side, right? Like the Federation is held, is headquartered there and WSL is headquartered there. So it's, there's, there's a lot in Chicago. Yeah. Well, when the pandemic is, is over, cross my fingers, knocking on the table here, yeah. hopefully oh in the near future. And if you come to, <laughs> you come to Chicago, you got to let us know. We can, we could, we can chat. We'd love to hear your, your ideas in, in person. Absolutely. Do you have any tips for other entrepreneurs trying to start a business, whether it's in that field or outside, just things you've learned along the way? Man, whatever you're doing as an entrepreneur, don't give up. You must trust the process. It's going to feel like the longest process. There are going to be nights where you're going to, it's going to be a lot of sleepless nights. You're not going to get sleep. You're going to cry because you're probably going to look at your bank account and see that it's on like negative a thousand. Um, you're probably going to figure out where am I going to get the money from to pay this? You're probably going to say, how did I get in this position? Or I think it's time for me to go back to regular nine to five. See, for me, I didn't have those options in the sense of going back to a nine to five because I've exhausted like all of my, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, corporate abilities, right? Working in different corporations and doing so much. And after a while, I got tired. I got tired of things. I went to other places to try to interview and didn't get the job. And I was trying to find the perfect position that entailed everything. And when I didn't find it, you know, I had to create it. I had to create it. And so um, it was the best decision, the best decision I made. And I feel like for everyone, if you, you know, if you have that burning desire to be an entrepreneur, pursue it at some point in your life. Life is short and you only get one life. And you don't want to, you, you never want to have regrets to say, I didn't do something. You know, if you have passion to create a podcast, start a business, do real estate, do them all. I'm not saying do them all at the same time, but do them all at <laughs> some point in your life. Um, but the biggest thing is don't give up. That's the number one. That's, that's, a, that's a huge part of being an entrepreneur. I see people that want to quit after a week. And I'm like, that's nothing. See, people just want to jump from A to Z and you miss what happens from B to Y. B to Y is the most important part of the process. Because when you start with A and you go through that B to Y and you get to Z, Z is just you standing there reflecting on everything that happened from A to Y. And now you understand that you're at the Z level where you understand everything that you went through and that it was all worth it, the good and the bad. And you got to always take the lessons and strive from it and understand that that's exactly what they are. They're not losses, they're lessons, you know, and that's the part of being an entrepreneur. It's not meant for everyone, but as long as you try it and, you know, at some point in it, and if, if it is something you want to do and you try it, as long as you try it, 
That's the part. But it's also two, don't give up. That's number one. Do not give up. Feels like being an agent is being an entrepreneur in many ways also. Just the idea, the job title and description and everything you've you've reflected on for us, which we appreciate. <laughs> feels like being yeah. an entrepreneur in a lot of ways, having to figure out those relationships Absolutely. and you, you took Absolutely. it to the next, next level. Listen, let me tell you, being an agent, I stay up, I probably sleep three hours, but I've always been that way, right? Because I've just been an entrepreneur at heart. I've always been that person that doesn't really sleep the full eight hours, which is not the best, but you know, I'm getting better at it at some point. But um, I spend my days networking, trying to reach it. I send at least five emails to someone new. Um, and it's tough because when you're an agent, when you're a female like that, you're dealing with so much. And then, of course, being an African-American female, it's like, wait, what? No way. You know, and it's and everyone's like, what the hell is Trinity Three Agency? I've never heard of that. Now, if I said I was from a different agency, one of the bigger ones might be a little bit OK because you have the backing. But this is me building everything from the ground up. And honestly, I wouldn't trade it in for the world. I've been I've been approached you know, now as an agent to come and join the, the same agencies that I went to interview for and got rejected, I'm now being approached to come and join them. And it's like, I don't know, like, you know, I, I, I spend my time building this and I'm going to continue building it. And I think what's happening is because people are seeing that I didn't give up, you know, I didn't give up. When I was fighting for a seat at other people's table, it was really just for me to go create my own table. And I've created my own table and I've opened up these seats to all the people that want to collaborate and work with me. And it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And, you know, I just, it's something I wouldn't trade in for the world. And it's a beautiful experience. There's good and bad, but wouldn't trade it in for the world. And I really owe it to my clients because if it wasn't for the, the athletes that trusted in me to represent them, if it wasn't for the clients and the brands that said, okay, we want to enter this partnership with you, I don't know where I'd be. I may be at, you know, somewhere else, but I know at this present moment, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I love it. Inspirational. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, guys. This is, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go start a business. I'm going to drop this. I'm going to do something else. What do you mean? This is it. This, this is, is our business. business. <laughs> you know, what are you talking about right here? I was about to say, uh, your podcast, this is the business right there. You know, let's just, just you guys, you guys are doing well with it. Now you just got to take it to the next level, right? And, and taking that podcast to the next level is continuing to build the brand because you guys already Absolutely. have the, you have the platform. Now you just have to, continue to build upon it but and before you know it that's the business it's right in front of you it's what you're already doing exactly and that's where we bring in talent such as yourself to help um help broaden our our our, our interests um among our our growing fan base so again uh, i feel like we should be prefacing it with every after anything she says but thank you thank you for for the for the motivation <laughs> but also your time to wrap it all up uh, something that we really like to enjoy uh, we enjoy doing is playing a game uh, and and having a little fun, you know, and not taking it too seriously. Um, and something that we were thinking about, and knowing your expertise, is perhaps playing a game of would you rather um, player, uh, you know, client edition, if you will. And again, love it. You can you can you can always bow out and say, hey, you know what, I may have a chance with Ronaldo, so I'm not going to actually speak badly <laughs> on his name. But but uh, if you're up for it, this could be fun. Um, so essentially we'll offer you an option. We got just three little questions here, uh, and three scenarios, I suppose. 
um, for what type of um, which which client or league perhaps you would like to be a part of, or there's a PR scenario. We'll get there in a second. But the first one, um, I think the question everybody's uh, uh, you know, especially the Real Madrid and Barcelona fans of the world are, are aching to know. Uh, Maggie, would you rather be an agent for Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi? Ooh. Hmm. Wow, that's a good one. That's a tough one. I love them both, but I got to go with Ronaldo. Got to go with Cristiano Ronaldo. And is it is it the Real Madrid affiliation, or is there any any other nuance? What separates him from Messi for you? To me, Ronaldo is more not just on the field, what he does, because they're both amazing. Like I said, none like it. But Ronaldo is more marketable. And as an agent, as a, as a marketer, that's very important to me. So it's, it's not just on the field, it's off the field. It's, of course, Real Madrid affiliation, but it's really the, it's the brand behind him. It's being able to, you know, continue to build that brand. Um, yeah, yeah. We love it. Coming from the marketing agent, her expertise, she's leaning towards the marketing uh, guy. The second second question, second scenario. Um, so this one, we were curious, you know, knowing that um, agents have to not only manage a client on the field uh, to an extent and what contract they're working with, they also have to help manage to an extent PR uh, and, and what is going on sometimes when those things leak off the field. Um, there's two main incidents we can think of that were pretty dramatic on the field incidents. And we're curious which one you would rather have to, you know, be associated with, be the agent involved behind, behind the uh, curtain. Um, that is a, the Zidane headbutt in the world cup final way back in the day, or would you rather be Luis, uh, Luis Suarez's agent, uh, right after he bit Chiellini in the, uh, in the world cup? I would preferred neither because we're talking about a headbutt. <laughs> we're talking about a headbutt. We're talking about biting, and I remember both of those incidents. Um, I would probably deal with the headbutt in the World Cup because biting is like that's extreme. <laughs> like that's really it's 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 like it's like man, he must have been hungry. That's how I look at it. Like either you're hungry or you're an animal. It's one of the two because to bite someone is like yikes like for one you don't know what that person has that you're biting and two that person doesn't know what you have to be biting them so it's like <laughs> I, I just think about the, the 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 processes that i have to go through like i gotta get my tests you know i, I, I gotta get my shots because i don't know what he has even though he's with suarez like i don't know what he has so i'm gonna opt on the headbutt side because i think with that it's it's all a nightmare if you ask me um but it's nothing that we haven't dealt with before. I think for me, per se, coming from like music <laughs> and working with guys like 50 Cent, I was well prepared to deal with a lot of PR issues. So a headbutt is light work compared to dealing with what I've dealt with in the past um, in the music uh, industry with artists and all those different things. So definitely the headbutt. And obviously I have a great uh, you know, PR team um that works with me you know my my partner is amazing and we're like always prepared for this you know that's where it's like the crisis management we're just always prepared to handle it so when I look at a lot of these other um footballers and those type of situations I'm like man 
they're definitely not prepared to handle it because it's still lingering you know it's like it, it could be like a week and I'm like man this is terrible like who's who's the PR person for this you've been exposed to NBA or NFL um, players in some capacity before uh, if you had to pick one league that you would represent clients uh, do you have a preference between between either and and why and which one would that be and why Wow, that's a tough question because I love them all. Um, you know, like I said before, basketball is my favorite. Soccer is my second. Like it's a tide. Um, I would definitely have to say soccer. And if I'm talking leagues, I would say Premier League and probably Premier League, MLS, and of course, NWSL and the Women's uh, Super League. Um, mainly because there's so much opportunity within the soccer space, I feel. Um, and because there's so much opportunity, it, it's like I've done that with NBA and NFL and, you know, even like in baseball. But with, with soccer, it's like it's something new to be able to really introduce those players to, let's say, the USA, for example, the ones that play in like Europe. Um, and so because of that, there's just a lot of great opportunity to be able to market the leagues, to market the players, market the teams differently. And that and that's something that I do feel, and we've kind of already seen it, but it's definitely going to grow more within the next few years. You'll see a lot more European leagues looking to make their mark in North America. And then vice versa, you'll see more North American leagues looking to try to figure out how do we brand ourselves and become more attractive and appealing to players in, you know, other um, countries and overseas. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Maggie, we want to thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk with us on a Monday. We've loved every minute of this conversation. We can all sense your passion coming through and it was just a pleasure talking with you. So thank you again. We wish you the best and Trinity three, uh, the best. Thank you guys so much. Um, really had a blast. And once again, can't thank you guys enough for even the opportunity. Um, and yeah, I look forward to, you know, continuing to speak with you guys even more and figure out how we can uh, work together at some point in the future. just want to jump from A to Z and you miss what happens from B to Y. B to Y is the most important part of the process. Because when you start with A and you go through that B to Y and you get to Z, Z is just you standing there reflecting on everything that happened from A to Y.